0: This uh, this is Joe Cole.
1: This is Ruben off the cheek, and you're listening to the Londoners London Blue podcast.
0: podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, we're back with it's probably one of the last few episodes of the, of the season. Episode, at least for us, in terms of Londoners Blue, episode 190, which is which is quite the number of episodes that we've had on 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 the platform. So it's a, it's a great achievement. But as always, I'm here joined by Jesse. And we're here to actually talk about the fact that Chelsea won the FA Cup. We beat Manchester Ooh. City. Yes, get in. Um, you know, after that Conte Cup final, I don't think uh, Emma Hayes was going to let up and let Gareth Taylor take this trophy as well. So we uh, we're here to cover that game yesterday. And uh, we're joined by a man that has stolen my heart. Over the last six months, wow. he,
1: he has, That's poetic. Uh, not
0: I expecting that. I'm not expecting that introduction when I came on today, but I appreciate
1: it. I, t- I told he you, should I should mean, give it back to you, Abdullah. I told you I was gonna sell yeah, it, right?
0: I told you I was gonna sell it. I gotta send you some flowers. I know <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can send them when when I arrive. Um, and he, you know, he's a masterful tactical analyst he works for stats bomb he does he's known for his video and data work on on the on the twitter sphere and uh, he is none other than mr carl carpenter how are you doing my
2: friend i'm great thanks uh thanks for having me um never expected to be on a chelsea podcast but yet here we are um i i would say i'm i'm the neutral voice today but that would uh but that would be a lie but uh but yeah it's good to talk uh talk the yeah, epic final uh Great game, two great teams. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to get into it.
0: That's excellent. That's amazing. Um, so we're going to cover, we're really going to cover this in general, right? We don't really have anything specific, specific, I think, because, well, the game in itself was, was telling of that. But I think, I think Jesse's put this pretty really well here in the script. I think we're going to talk about a jammy win. We're going to talk about rallying, coming back strong. And just, you know, casually closing it off with double 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 because Chelsea have won the double. And uh yeah, and we have um, we're gonna we're gonna do this over the next uh, 30 to 45 minutes. Anyway, right, let's get straight into it. Three-word match review. Um Jesse, what do you have?
1: I am going with super samka because I thought she was so, so good yesterday. Um I know she didn't get player of the match. Erin did, but I just felt like she encapsulated everything good about how we played, and you know, I did. I didn't think we played well for large portions of the game, but the amount of work, the amount of running she did is is something I guess you can always rely on us to do as a team. And yeah, Super Samka. That's fair, Mister Carl. What do, you, what do you What do you have?
2: Yeah. So. Um finishers went finals, honestly. I mean, I think city, like, uh, like Jesse said, probably had the better, the run of play. Um, but, uh, you don't get the reward if you don't put the ball in the box and, you uh, know, um, and put the ball in the box and score. And I think, uh, it's kind of exemplified by the two early weird chances and then bunny Shaw's header. And I think the 51st minute, um, so and obviously we know what Sam Kerr does. She's scored what eight goals in four finals now, and uh, and that's the difference maker. And she's been so soaked. I mean, we saw on the, on the final day uh, last week how much of a difference maker she is for the title run. Um, and she was the the difference maker at Wembley.
0: Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And I think uh, I think I think just Sam Kerr having um having I think just another clutch game in in general was. Uh, was kind of something you'll be come to expect of her anyway. Uh, my three-word match review is Erin Bullet Cuthbert, just because she's just like unreal. Like the, the goal was just a bullet. It was amazing. And yet just yet another performance to kind of uh, another performance to kind of you know top off the fact that she's had such a such a brilliant season, especially when she moved from wing back to midfield. And how we, you know, we just, you know, we've, I think we've solved half the, half the issue there. Anyway, we'll get in all, into all of that later on. Um, first of all, match details. We played Arsenal uh, on, uh, sorry, at Manchester City, rather, uh, on Sunday, May 15th in the FA Cup final. Um, at Wembley... I would have liked to have been on the FA Cup final. Would nice... <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a nice... Sorry, I, got, I had Arsenal in my mind. Uh, I don't know. see, Carl, you're here. I just start to think about Arsenal. So that's kind of what happened there. Uh, we'll play at Wembley, uh, at Chelsea 3, Manchester City 2. Uh, Sam Kerr with a double, 33rd to 99th minute. Aaron Kasper in the 63rd. And Lauren Hemp with a great goal in the 42nd. And Hayley Razzo making it interesting in the 89th minute. Um, Jesse, you want to go through the team and kind of... Explain what
1: was happening there. Yeah, so I think this was probably the team most of us would have expected. So we had AKB in goal, Millie Bright and Ike Nowen and Magda Eriksson as a back three, Jess Carter as our right wing back, Guru as our left wing back, Sophie and Erin in the in the double pivot together. And then Peniel kind of in the 10 role and Beth and Sam um up front as a front two. uh, But... We did like quite a lot of different subs at different points in this game. So, Jisoo Young came on and was then taken off as well, which was kind of weird. Um, Jesse Fleming came on, Neve Charles came on, uh, Jonna came on. And I thought she had a re- she probably had the biggest impact, I, th- I think, of, of all of those subs. And we brought Maren Meowder on right at the end because we wanted to play seven defenders on the pitch. I felt like Maren actually was playing as like, in a like free eight role, which was just also quite amusing. Um, and I enjoyed, but I think by that point of extra time, it was just like whatever. And I wonder if Emma was like, Oh, if anything does go wrong and it goes to penalties, like I want I'll to take a penalty. So, yeah, all change
0: that's a good change. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Kind of quickly going through the, the general stats, um, it's quite telling the fact that City had 23 shots, the Chelsea's nine. Both teams with four on target. So Chelsea a little bit more clinical there. 61% possession to 39% to City. Triple um, five, 155, 555 passes to 373 passes to City. 78% pass accuracy, eight fouls to 17, two to one yellow cards, two offsides each, and 10 corners to Chelsea's one. So I think the stats are pretty indicative of kind of City's dominance in the game and kind of why the overriding the overarching feeling is maybe city deserved to win it
1: um and
0: if we (laughs) City never
1: deserved to win anything
0: (laughs) i'm just trying to bring a semi-subjective voice to this in 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 the first part um
2: and then if you. yesterday was a win for all socialism
0: (laughs) (laughs) well said carl well said um now, if I if we look at this beautiful stats statsbomb graph that we have here, and, and the cumulative xG over over the course of one hundred and twenty minutes, you can pretty nicely see that City just grew into the game and just kept improving their xG as they went along. And you're like, well, just City just kept getting chance after chance after chance, and just creating more chances where Chelsea had a flat line, you know, for about thirty minutes, and then. Suddenly shot up and then just kind of flatlined and had very very small incremental incremental increases. So it was quite telling how clinical and how efficient, if you can call it, Chelsea and Sam Kerr were with their um, with their with their shots. But before we get into it, we'll just quickly run into an ad break and we'll be right back.
3: All right, our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because well. It's hard to get a lot of micronutrients in. You know, we're all focused on our macros with protein, carbs, and and fat. Now we got to add the micronutrients from fruits and vegetables. It's just hard to eat that many servings a day. So uh, I started doing it just to make my life a lot more efficient. I'm getting better gut health and a more... Uh, durable resistant immune system so what is this stuff well with one delicious scoop of ag1 you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food sourced superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus and aging all of the things again i do it it's easy it's fast it's quick uh throw up my shaker usually on my way home from work drink it it, it goes down quickly. Uh, and like I said, you get six servings of vegetables a day very easily. Uh, but hey, don't listen to me. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and it's trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills, supplements to look out for your gut health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to say, give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
0: i we're back. So as you know, we've been covering the team every week, and it's been an absolutely splendid season so far. And you know, coming towards the end of it, I think uh, I think I think we can be pretty proud of ourselves with the coverage that we've given and kind of the work that we've done. And you know, if you, if you've liked the stuff that we've done, rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and give us a shout out. And and obviously, Jesse has been doing some great work on the Patreon, which uh, a lot of you may have heard. Of. If you haven't, you should go and you should go and sub for that because. Uh, Some great stuff there. Um, Moving on to the first thing. So a very jammy win, as you've eloquently put it, Jesse, in one of your tweets from yesterday. Um, and, And kind of, we said, City have outplayed us, you know, for a large... Majority of the game, City should have, you know, I, you know, in 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 another situation, City could have really just won that game three three or four one or three or four two, you know, it, within ninety minutes. And I think that that the, the the mentality and and the way Chelsea regrouped to come back and kind of take it to extra time and win it, I think, was. Uh, was was great. Um but a fast City, a couple of good opportunities for Caroline Weir. What did you think of the of the way the game started, Jesse, and kind of where did you think it was going after the first 20, 30 minutes?
1: Yeah, I mean I think City definitely started the brighter the teams. Um Caroline Weir had some some good opportunities, uh one of which Millie Bright blocked with her bum, which maybe was my highlight of the entire game, and I'm now coining the phrase expected bums, just for uh, a yeah, that I think, I'll add that yeah. to all of Thank you. I know you were doing, like, you know, advanced expected goals today, so if you can just, like, make sure the bum placement of defenders is, like, figured into that, that I'd really appreciate that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I felt like City were getting kind of a lot of joy in the, the places that you'd expect them to get joy, and I think what worried me slash annoyed me is that City aren't a team who are particularly hard to predict like what they're going to do but I guess the quality of their players means that it's not always easy to keep them under wraps but I was a bit surprised like for example that we basically decided to go man-to-man on our back three with City's front three which meant that Jess Carter wasn't really on Lauren Hemp which I felt was like a weird decision from our part given how well Carter had done against Hemp in some of the previous games this season. And I also thought then having like Chloe Kelly to, to worry about on the other side was stressful just because she is a lot faster than Magda Eriksson and at points it, Magda looked like she was running through tre- treacle. So I think City should probably would have been disappointed not like to concede first really because although I guess, you know, as kind of Carl hinted at earlier, they they had a lot of pressure but they didn't create a huge amount of like clear cut opportunities It just felt like it was annoying to, say, have Caroline Weir making a late run into the box and be able to get a shot off. Like, you know that's what Caroline Weir's going to do. She literally did it against us in the Conti Cup final. And, like, equally, it's like, do you really want to leave Millie Bright isolated with Lauren Hemp one-on-one? No. So they were the things that were making me feel like I was going to cry slash do a small sick in my mouth.
0: Yeah, uh Carl, your thoughts on the on the on the game overall and that 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 the way City started and, and, and came around that.
2: Yeah, I think I think kind of one thing that, that Jesse highlighted is kind of important to touch on is I think that overall you basically know what you're gonna get with a Gareth Taylor team. Like they're not gonna do much variation outside of their style and they have two or three pretty specific types of patterns of build up play that they're going to utilize. Um, And the same with that, with their key players, you know, exactly what their threats are in wide areas. Um, So that kind of early system where Chelsea were basically going man to man and kind of pressing that way um, they did find some success kind of early on, but a lot of times city were able to kind of disrupt that man kind of man oriented style by simply just playing uh, to Bunny Shaw's feet. And then uh, Nguyen basically was just, she was getting destroyed basically in terms of Bunny Shaw was allowed to turn, finding runners. And then they would basically isolate the wide player who was one v one usually against Millie Bright uh, in wide areas like Lauren Hepp. And uh, I think the, the first city goal, the equalizer kind of showed that. Um, but the one thing I do think that I have to give credit kind of Chelsea for overall was and it's something that's kind of I've, – I've touched on it previously when I've, when I've spoken about Chelsea, um, begrudgingly, uh, is one thing that Emma Hayes is always really good at is kind of throwing different kind of pressing styles uh, at opponents. Um, and especially against a team, which basically is going to – is play pretty much the same way. There were times where they would basically press that kind of man-to-man style, but sometimes uh, Harder, who's basically uh, marking uh, Caroline Weir, would also sort of selects out and create a flat front three. Um, and then sometimes I was, I think it was earlier on just Carter was basically playing and looking, it was basically looking like a back four in some ways um, on the weak side, basically to kind of compress the pitch even more. Um, so that is one way that kind of Chelsea on city, while they did kind of have the dominance in terms of like the overall kind of run of play, um, they were kind of limited to those kind of moments where it was individual brilliance in terms of Bunny Shaw, rather than them like breaking down city or um, Chelsea systematically.
0: No, I think, I think that's fair. And I think, um, you know, when when we talked, when when we looked at, uh, I I think when Jesse brought it up earlier, Jonah Anderson having that big impact, I think, I think when they play, when they went to their back four, I think it was just it, the biggest problem that ended up being was, you know, one of the bigger problems was that Mag just could not control the wingers. And I think, um, it was it was it was telling how, uh, how, how I think I think maybe Jonna could have come on a little bit earlier, but I don't think they were expecting it to go into into extra time when Russell scored. So I can understand the reason why, but I think maybe a pre measure would have been good. Either way, um, you know I think you know going one nil, uh, going one you know going one nil up. I think it uh, it, it didn't settle the team. Uh, you know too much. I think it was. It was more like, okay, I, you know, maybe maybe to an extent the the fact that City came back and they won the game against, uh, they came back and won the game in the Conte Cup final, and you know Chelsea were trying to make a comeback. Then I think maybe shade of that was coming back into the thoughts, going you know, going one nil up. Do we think this Chelsea side, um, you know, going you know going the way that they've been playing? When they go one nil up, we've seen in the past that they've been able to settle in. But is it is it just a city thing, or do we think that regardless of who they were playing, if they were to go one nil up, um, they wouldn't have been uh, they wouldn't have settled properly, and maybe uh, had to you know maybe had to had to adjust. Carl, what do you think? I I do think one
2: thing that was kind of strange, I was talking to Jesse about this, but basically a lot of the success that Chelsea found in pressing City was basically how aggressive that press was. I think Emma Hayes kind of talked about in the press conference how how aggressive they were to start in press. Um, City really, I mean, Chelsea basically really dropped off, and a lot of the time they were basically their, their center backs were able to kind of facilitate a lot of the ball progression and kind of get the ball forward. And that did not suit Chelsea at all because playing up a higher pitch, being aggressive and kind of using their, their, their front three to to lead the press is really important. Um, I think Jesse would be able to touch on kind of the longer term effects of how that has played out throughout the season. If that's a Chelsea thing. Um, but as well, I think it's, it's just a natural Uh, consequence of a it being a cup final, so you know, it's basically you know, nerves, etc. It's a big occasion. Um, you're more tended to kind of protect what you have when you have scored a goal, um, especially when it was a goal against the run of play. Um, and then as well, just the natural individual quality that that city have because they're able to, you know, obviously, even if you do kind of match them up numerically in the front and they're building up they're there's, they'll still have players get on the ball. There are going to be moments where not every pressing sequence is going to be perfect. Um, and if you have that threat, you're more likely to, it's a, it's, it's, it's not, it's not um, against Chelsea that they had, they basically dropped off a lot more than they probably should have uh, just be based off that.
1: Yeah. I think I agree with, with Carl as well. And I think, you know, the nature of the kind of players that city has, I think maybe that's why, we struggled to settle because I do think they've got so many players who, yeah, when they get on the ball, they are really good at holding onto it. They're really good at progressing the ball. I think, you know, that's obviously where lots of their, their assets lie. And I think also that with, by them playing Bunny Shaw up front, instead of Ellen White, it made it a lot easier for them to actually choose to go long, which isn't something they, they normally do from Roebuck. Like they normally do that from Alec Greenwood, but they were a lot better at, being able to just put that ball into Bunny. And I think early in the game, Anique Nam was doing quite well with that, but I think as time went on, she she kind of started to struggle with that a bit more. And I just think the the variation between, you know, that option for City to go long, but also then to still have the out ball to like a Lauren Hemp who you know is going to make up ground for you, um, just made it harder for us to kind of find our rhythm. And to a certain extent, you know, Hayes's approach to these kind of games has always been, you know, the concede possession, counterattack a bit more. Um, and like, it's not always pretty, but I think that's, it, it didn't feel like an unfamiliar Chelsea performance, if that makes sense. I think it was just, I think maybe also it was just striking to be kind of back at Wembley after having played Arsenal like six months before in the like equivalent game and that performance was so good. And that day was so amazing. I think maybe that's also why the Chelsea performance today just felt like it, it lacked a bit as a result.
0: That's, that's, that's fair. And I think, and I kind of one last thing on kind of the, the jammy win and who do we thought, who do, who do we think, and I don't want to break this up, and it's going to be different to our overall standout performer later in the, in the episode, but I think, from the first 90 minutes across both teams, who was kind of like the key player for both of you from either side, um, you know, in the first 90 minutes and then probably an extra time? Could be the same, could be different players.
2: Yeah, I, I, it's kind of lame to say just because she scored two of the goals, but I think honestly Sam Kerr because regardless of basically... What both teams are trying to do, and kind of the there's a there's a common kind of analytics kind of thing where it's basically really hard to quantify what goes on in the middle of the pitch, it's called the valley of myth. Um, and regardless of what goes on in the middle of the pitch, like if you have someone who basically anytime they get within a goal scoring scenario can get basically bail you out, um, capitalize on mistakes to pull something out of nothing, you know, it's it's funny with Sam Kirk because sometimes like, um, she'll have one thing where she'll score an absolutely outrageous goal like she did in the final game against to to United and then she'll swing and miss but still like nine times out of ten she's going to put the ball in the back of the net um, so regardless of all the kind of the things we talked about with the issues that City caused with their individual play I think just having that one player who basically can just bail you out is so important and I think they were the key player because City could be good for 90 minutes but if they let Sam Kerr free twice which they did then it's game over
0: fair enough um, right, let's move on. So the next thing is the massive comeback. So rallying to come back after, you know, conceding some disappointing goals. And, you know, we had to regroup um, after conceding those equalizes. And I think Hemp's goal was just, you know, a mixture of some excellent individual play along with, uh, uh, just along with, you know, rather, more, it was more about her individual qualities than anything else. And I think, I think just, yeah, the defending could have been better. The way they were they were positioned and the players were there, and then. Uh, but I think the, I think the Rasso one was just uh, disappointing in the sense that you know, so close to the the end of the game, and then you know it, you know the amount of times Magda was getting beaten by by Rasso, I think that was just you know kind of a, a hint and a, t- a telling move of to what we could have expected. But you know I think you know came out in the second half looking a lot better. But I think after we after Aaron scored, I think the team just went flat again. You know because I think it was almost as if, all right, we've got the goal. Maybe we need to sit back and kind of regroup. But it's just that, But I think this team is almost better d- doubling up their pressure after they've scored the goal. And I think in this game, it just didn't work out where, um, where they sat back. It's almost like because City were playing so well throughout the game and they were creating more and more chances as the game went on, I think that came as a result of Chelsea scoring and kind of maybe getting back in their shell a little bit and then kind of going from there. And not to mention, obviously, Aaron Cuthbert with the outrageous, amazing bullet goal from just outside the box. But yeah, Jesse, what did you think of that second half and then kind of the reactions after the equalisers?
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought we came out for the second half really well. And, you know, I do think it was a bit of like... I think conceding the equaliser at the end of the first half, it, it didn't feel like against the run of play, put it that way. But I thought we definitely looked more confident on the ball. We were starting to string passes together a bit more. We were pushing City back more. Um, and yeah, Erin's strike was like absolutely unreal. So so satisfying when they go in off the crossfire like that. Definitely one of like my absolute fave goals, um, like kind of goals. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think I really thought we would kind of kick on from that point but it didn't really happen and, and City did grow grow up back into the game. I will say I was like sat behind, like I was sat next to the Chelsea fans so I like lots of City's chances in the second half. I couldn't really judge them because also they didn't really bring any fans so even noise-wise it was hard to judge how like good chances were. Um, So but it definitely obviously felt like there was like a lot of pressure on in it and it does seem like they had like some good opportunities. But yeah, I think then the Rasso goal, it was just annoying because I literally just turned to friend of the pod, Alex Ibaseta and said, Magda Eriksson's had quite a good game today. And then she just totally like loses track of Hayley Rasso. And I was like, Ugh. like as soon as the ball was played, like you could see that like she had, she totally had the run on her. Um, and I really like Hayley Rasso as a player. So that was annoying too. But yeah, I think generally it just felt like felt like City would just had like a lot more of momentum for, for almost all of this game, I think. But I guess what it shows is again, kinda of like what Carl says, is like you can have all the momentum in the world, but if you can't turn that into something, then it's not really worth it. And I think that's been like a big like a lot of chatter around since City this season or like this run of games they've been on, like, oh you know, like they've won all this stuff, blah, 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 they're on all this momentum. But they've played like quite easy teams like aside from beating us in the continental cup final like that was the only like game in that run that i was like wow that's like quite an impressive win um so and i think maybe also that shows is like sometimes it's not always good if you don't have to like grit out and like find a goal
0: yeah no i i agree and uh and carl speaking of Aaron Cuthbert, like you know, we, we mentioned this, and I think a lot of people have, have the same, are in agreement that Aaron Cuthbert has been absolutely world-class, fantastic. Another game where, you know, she makes a mark, She she's in there, she's everywhere, all across the pitch. I think I personally, her, her, her movement in between tran- and transitions were excellent. I think a lot of the times Chelsea were bailed out was because of her, her positioning and, and, and being at the right place at the right time. And what have you thought of whatever you've seen of Aaron Cuthbert playing in this midfield position for Chelsea? Do you think she is the right player to be there? And do you think now it's up to Chelsea to kind of maybe find somebody else to, to, to partner, or maybe there's somebody in house that, that she can partner with because, you know, it just seems like obviously a versatile player that can play everywhere, but just seems like she's found her home in in the center of midfield. And, and what did you think of her performance in the final, in that position?
2: Yeah, I think, uh she was excellent. Like those, those type of players are, are some of my favorite players. Cause like, I mean, we, we, if you look at like the amount of positions she's played across, she's played most of her games at wing back this year, but like sometimes in like right midfield, sometimes in center midfield, sometimes as a holding midfield. Like, honestly, like those type of players who are, who offer so much energy and kind of, uh, you know, dynamism with the, with them, without the ball, as well as having obviously the ability to create chances and, uh, do all that kind of stuff. Like she, I think she was the, I think the second or third highest pressures this year and the, the women's super league, um, you know, pressure regains, all that kind of defensive kind of gritty work. Um, but she's also, like I said, like she basically, um, is involved actually build up with, um, a stats bomb metric, which kind of helps obviously look at how effective they are in buildup. She's in the 96th percentile. Um, and you know, I think she just, the type of midfielder that, that would probably be best kind of suited to, next to her is probably more of a, um, I don't want to say cerebral, but more of a player who kind of holds and kind of helps protect while she kind of gets forward and just kind of does Aaron Cuthbert things, which is pretty much everything. Um, and yeah, her, col- her goal obviously was is an easy kind of highlight to kind of pick up on that. But even if she hadn't scored a goal, like a lot of the stuff she did to kind of um, nullify the threats that they that that city were able to do because there's a lot of stresses that are that were placed basically on Chelsea's back three, basically matching up man to man. Um, and I do think that she was able to kind of help negate that with kind of her positioning zonally once that that kind of uh pressure had been broken. So, yeah, Aaron Cuthbert, you're pretty damn good.
0: <laughs> yeah, if only she's listening to this uh to this podcast. Oh,
2: she is. I told her, I told her, don't worry.
0: Nice, nice. Thank you, Carl. I appreciate that.
2: Um, I'm, trying to boost up, I'm trying to boost up your guys' numbers here. That's why.
0: You're, you're, you're such a nice guy like that, of course. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll just quickly go through the quotes that you know uh, Emma Hayes had about Aaron Cuthbert just after the game, and uh, you know she says you know Aaron's in her home. It was always going to be her home. We have a plan. We have always had a plan to develop players. Look, look at Lauren James. She's come to the club, and people might say, "Why did she come to the club? She's not playing." But look, it's not as simple as that. We've had to build Lauren up to be prepared for the future, just like we did for Jesse Fleming and maybe Aaron before that. Um, in our environment, you need time to bed in. <clears throat> it's a world class environment. You're not know? just going to get straight into the team, and Aaron. Uh, you know she's she's amazing. You know she, she lets out a big sigh, saying, "Oh my God, can we make twenty of her?" You know she's absolutely amazing. And I was going to say I wish she was English, but she won't like me saying that. Um, you know, so we've uh, we've seen that she's 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 got full of praise for uh, for Erin Cuthbert and is 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 a You know, is a player that I think uh, we've all really admired this season and one that i think we've uh, we've, seen, we've we've learned that is probably best suited in central field and i think she, she you know she mentions here that uh, uh, Aaron herself says, you know, I feel like I've had to wait a wee while to get where I finally am now. But patience is a virtue, as they say. You know, I want to learn. I know that I've got so much more to learn about the position. I've almost kind of just been thrown in the last few months of the season. And I actually want to take the time in preseason to fine tune details, know when I can go and can't go. I'm an aggressive player, but sometimes that's to my detriment because I leave a lot of space behind me. So I've got a lot to learn. And I'm glad I'm finally able to practice my trade. And one thing she said she's keen to address is add goals and just hit it. She said, you know, at the edge of her uh, edge of her box effort, the first half, I didn't get high enough. And I didn't get around the second balls. So I didn't get around the box. A couple of them dropped in the first half and I wasn't there. And the forwards gave me a hard time at halftime. So I made sure that I got myself up and Beth set it up beautifully for me. Just touch strike. And if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the raffle um so I mean some some telling stuff there and I think some of it we've we've kind of touched on earlier in the season and maybe even last year where you know Erin's great but you know it's it's that positional discipline and knowing when to move and it's great to see that she's addressed it here that she she's aware of it and she knows that those are the things that she has to fix but you know based on the last couple of months I think it's uh, it's definitely improved yeah uh, but I think but I think it was a great, great comeback. And um, obviously extra time was there. Did, did either of you think this was going to go to penalties at any point in extra time? Or did you think, all right, it was a Chelsea went 3-2 and we were just going to close it out?
1: No, I thought if anything, City were going to score an extra time. I just felt like whenever teams like score that late, they so often just go into extra time with the momentum. So yeah, I was pretty convinced. Like Even when we went 3-2 up, I still thought City might score again because it just felt like that obviously had been the kind of pattern of the game. Um, Sam, I feel like, you know, when we're talking about how good Sam was, it felt like an extra time was when she like really came into her own. The the goal, I mean, I don't know what Alana Kennedy is doing, but whatever, let's ignore that. We're not here to talk about Alana Kennedy Manchester City. Uh, Yeah, the fact that she could run all that way and she got a bit lucky with the shot. I like when I watched it back. I was like, Jesse Fleming is there the whole time to square it to you. But whatever it went in, who cares? Um, and you can kind of see Jesse Fleming point. As someone on Twitter was like, you can kind of see Jesse Fleming-, Fleming pointing for Sam to shoot. But I don't know if she is. I think she's pointing for her to play the pass, like at that angle. But yeah. Um, but also like when Kerr was like running to close players down on the half, ho- City players down on the halfway line and like make tackles with like three minutes to go. I was like, this girl is is. Duracell Bunny. And then it made sense because obviously last year she said that she had to put on a show because Christy had come and then it turned out Christy was here again. So that must have been why she was doing all that hard work. But I appreciated it.
0: Probably need Christy at, at every game now. Uh, every every major final, I guess. Um, it, it helps that it coincides with the NWSL schedule most of the time. So, you know, when, when she's not playing, she's able to come through. But yeah, just kind of round it off you know, rounding that off Chelsea have obviously won the the double and, um, kind of, you know, there's a, there's a few departures happening and of them are G Drew and, you know, John Anderson. So Carl, what have you made of the three of theirs, uh, their impact on the WSL and for Chelsea over the last decade or so, and how, how, how you felt that they've played, you know, and added to the league overall?
2: Yeah, I think, I think one of the things, which is, which is kind of, it's kind of ironic to say, but, um, is kind of a consistent, is how inconsistent kind of squads can be in the WSL, like the turnover for squads in women's football. Um, and especially in the, in the Women's Super League is extremely high. To have three players who have been there for so long, provided obviously individual individual bits of quality throughout that, has been really good for, for kind of Chelsea in terms of creating this kind of dominant team that they've had. Um, you know, some of the star players have come and gone. But largely, those players have remained fairly consistent, and I don't think you can kind of underrate how important that is for actually building the kind of teams that that Chelsea want. Because uh, with that, it comes really hard to kind of implement tactical styles overall and kind of build that throughout a year. Um, But having three players to kind of have a spine, and obviously they dropped off in terms of minutes just because as the the quality of the league and as the team has gotten higher, um, I do think overall that having those kind of players there to kind of help provides a stable core has been really important and this you I don't think you can understate obviously G scored the um the winner in the 2015 Champions League final I thought I thought she was going to come on and do it again um but uh and but then she got subbed off which was obviously you know it happens but um but yeah I think they've been really important for Chelsea and kind of building what we see in terms of what the modern club looks like
0: yeah and uh, I mean, Jesse, just the five of six potential possible domestic trophies since the adolescence, and I mean, this unreal from from the club. What what do you think of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the domestic dominance has been totally amazing, incredibly satisfying. Obviously, um, and I think it just kind of shows. And I think you know what Carl's saying about squad building, like, does touch on that. I think that's you know why we've been able to kind of do so well in these domestic competitions because teams like Arsenal and City have been kind of forced to rebuild lots of elements of their team year in, year out and over the past couple of seasons we've only kind of brought in one or two players at a time and then we've been quite lucky that they've either been players who we can choose to leave them on the bench Um, you know people like Jesse Flemings or Neve Charles's, or you've got someone like Sam Kerr who you know pretty much hit the ground running to be honest Um, or like certainly at least once uh, football came back after COVID was, like, raring to go. I think, you know, obviously, I know Erin kind of touched on it, I think in her programme notes, but, you know, going out of the Champions League when we did was something that was incredibly disappointing. And I think you could see that the the squad were disappointed by it too. And I, I don't know if if that happens, whether we do win the league and the FA Cup because it felt like there was this real added impetus of kind of wanting to show that we were still the best English team at the very least. And, you know, I think we have kind of shown this, this whole season, but yeah, it, it it's, it's been amazing really, you know, that it's, you've got to go back to the 2019 20 FA Cup for the last time we didn't reach a final, like in, in the domestic competition. So yeah, um, they they love it. They love it. They may as well paint Wembley royal blue.
0: There you go. You you said it best. And just kind of before we wrap this up, I think we can't we can't wrap up the episode before we uh, touch on one thing. Uh, Jesse, do you wanna do you wanna touch on the uh, Emma Hayes rumors that are kind of circulating around the of the air?
1: Yeah. So. I- I feel like there's obviously been... Alex Scott was obviously stirring the pot on the BBC around this, and, you know, there's been a couple of journalists sniffing around and asking questions. Hayes said... I know Susie Rack asked about it from The Guardian and in, in the press conference afterwards, and Hayes said, I'm not talking about my future. You are... I'm talking about going off with my team and having a long, strong drink. Season's over. i wanted wanting to be carried home. So, I mean, look, who knows? I think if... You know, there will always come a point in time where Hayes will have to move on. Like, she's not going to manage Chelsea forever. Although I do think it will be a big change if she was to move on. I just think, you know, honestly, I think whatever happens, the most important thing is that she's has been a fantastic manager. And I think she'll be a fantastic manager wherever she goes. And, you know, whether she's here next season or not, I don't, I think, the work she's done will mean that in some ways it's like, she will almost always be at the club. Um, but yeah, I like, I don't know what's going to happen at all. So I guess we, we just wait and see. Um, definitely. Some people seem to be stiffing around it because they're not really the kind of questions you ask, you know, no smoke without fire and things like that. But you know, who knows, who knows what she's actually up to behind the scenes.
0: Yeah. And Carl, I guess that would be a uh, good news for you and, uh, and your team uh, in the league.
2: Yeah, I mean obviously it would it it, it would probably make Chelsea weaker because most coaches that would possibly come in would be weaker than Emma Hayes. But at the same time, I I honestly I hope that if she were to leave that it would be for most clubs that are looking for managers right now are not stable clubs. And I think she deserves to have and should be looking for a club which is stable and you know, competitive at that kind of level. Um But if she doesn't have that kind of opportunity, I hope she stays because ultimately she makes women's football better and she makes the league better and she makes, you know, the rest, you know, she makes Arsenal better, um, which I care about, so.
0: There you go. Look at, look at you with the pro Chelsea, uh, spiel there. So that's, 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 a nice touch. I'm going to take a
2: bath after this. I feel, <laughs> I feel, really, I feel, feel really dirty.
0: <laughs> it's all right. Um, you're good, man. You're good. Um, so kind of to end it off, I think we've already kind of mentioned this, but let's just kind of wrap this up. Jesse, you're pure stand-up performer of the game.
1: Yeah, for me, for me, it was just Sam, just for everything she contributed, everything she got. Con- Erin's a very close second and I was happy that Erin got the award and, you know, that Erin and Sam would have been happy for either of them to get the award. But yeah, I just thought Sam came up clutch. And I think what's so I think what's interesting is I saw someone tweet on the Saturday being like they didn't enjoy Chelsea men's finals as much anymore ever since like Drogba had gone because you could always back Drogba to get a goal in the final and that's how I feel about Sam Kerr like I went into this game almost certain that like whatever happened Sam Kerr would like come up with something we wouldn't necessarily win but it's just the form she's in at the moment and it's such an incredible asset to have that on the team and you know I was talking to the you know uh, Nick and everyone after the game and like we were like when was the last time like a striker scored more than 30 goals for Chelsea like across both clubs in the season it's it, there's you know we've not had a player like her on, on either side of the club for for a really long time and you know i just think yesterday like really encapsulated all of that
0: there you go our our, our dda drugberry incarnate on on the women's side carl who is your standout player of the, of the game
2: yeah sam kerr for me um just phenomenal probably the you know I, I'm not going to say the best center forward in the world, but in terms of the big game moments, I think she's the best big game center forward in the world. Um, and in finals that matters. Um, it was more of a, it was a case of basically for Chelsea, Ben, but don't break. Um, and basically hit him with the sucker punch when, uh, whenever you got that um, uh, opportunity. Um, so yeah, Sam Kerr.
0: Nice. And uh, I'll give some love to Aaron Kuss, but for me, Amazing! I I love her in, in central midfield, and I think she's probably become one of my favorite players this season to watch, and 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 to kind of see her grow into that into that midfield role and and kind of really take it take it on. I think is is just is just amazing, and uh, it's vin- it's vindication to all my calling out over the last year or so about moving into central midfield since the uh, end of last season. So uh, just just for the sake of that, I'll say Aaron Cuthbert. Um, and yeah, I think uh, that's the end of our season. I think, uh, at least from from a, from a game perspective. Thanks for uh, thanks for everybody for supporting us. You know, we should have more content coming soon. We're not exactly sure yet, but I think we should have one or two more. But as it's been a great first season for both. I think Jesse and I coming into London is blue and and really you know really you know being welcomed by you and and Nick and the guys and. You know, it's, it's been fantastic. We've really enjoyed covering the club every week and let's hope we win as much stuff uh, next year. Je- Jesse, you want anything to add there?
1: Yeah, just, yeah, thanks everyone for listening and for supporting us. You know, it, it was really nice to, like, see and chat to people, I guess, over the, the past week, two weeks or so, who've, like, had really nice things to say about the show and how it's kind of helped them be more, like, switched on to the women's team. And, you know, like, obviously... This season, as a Chelsea fan, has had a lot of up and downs, kind of both on the pitch, but especially off the pitch. But I think, you know, this team, they really love playing for Chelsea. And I think that was something you really saw yesterday. So I think it's such... honor to be able to talk about a set of players who kind of love the club as as much as we do and yeah roll on roll on next season let's go get a champions league next season
0: let's go and do it and uh having said that carl thank you for joining us on uh on on this episode and uh having said that you know what to do Chelsea fans keep the blue flags flying high